0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, April the 28th, 2022. It is currently 4.33 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live two stories above a street right here in Abilene, Texas. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, for, I would say, most of my Christian life, if not all of my Christian life, if there was a period of time where I did not think it was important, it was a very small amount of time. But for most of my Christian life, I have felt that it is extremely important to pay attention to what's going on in the Christian world. Pay attention. What books are people reading? What, what, what are people preaching about? Is there a new philological movement beginning? Is there a new church movement beginning? And I am always paying attention to what's going on in the church so that I can kind of figure out where is the church going? Where is it moving into the future? So I'm always talking about, Hey, pay attention, you know, uh, Grab your phone and just spend, you know, uh, you know, at least maybe two or three weeks just listening to all the sermons you can find uh, from churches in your local area, like churches that you agree with, churches you disagree with, because sometimes it's a really eye-opening experience. You're like, whoa. Everyone keeps using the same terminology or the same buzzword, or, or they're all talking about the same book, or they're, and you'll just realize, okay, there's something's kind of going in a certain direction. So I'm always talking about keeping your eyes open to what's going on in the world of Christianity. That's why we have a series that we call Eye on Christianity, and all of those episodes are when we talk we talk about what's going on within the Christian world. Now, one of the ways I used to keep up with what's going on in the Christian world is I would get in my car. I know this is going to date me. I know it goes back to the olden days. I would get on my horse. Okay, now, okay, I didn't get on my horse. I would get in my car and drive, I know this is really dated, to a Christian bookstore. And I would walk into said Christian bookstore and just walk around. And I would just look at everything that was being sold just to kind of get an idea of what's going on in the Christian world and you would always kind of you would be able to tell relatively quick, okay, that's that's the hot thing right now that that's the thing that's trending because they would have you know a hundred copies of it or they'd have a display. Sometimes I would ask the people working in, in the Christian bookstore, so what's really, what's your big seller right now? They'd be like, oh, you know, Joel Olstein or, or you know, Rob Bell or Mark Driscoll or whoever it was at that particular time. And you're like, okay, that T.D. Jakes, whatever it was, you could always tell, okay, that's that's the celebrity. That's the big name. That's what everyone is buying. And sometimes I would buy what everyone else was buying just so that I could see, again, what was going on in the Christian world. Now, a lot of people would take that trip to Christian bookstores, not really to pay attention to what was going on in the Christian world, but to to look for books or whatever the case may be. And also, another thing would show up at your door, would show up in your mailbox. And that is the publication or the, I guess you could call the advertisement catalog of christianbook.com. I've been receiving the little advertisement catalog from christianbook.com, at least going all the way back to somewhere in the 1990s. I cannot tell you how many things I've bought from christianbook.com, but I always get the catalog. And I always look through it because, once again, it gives me an idea what's going on in the Christian world. What are they selling? What appears to be popular? Now, it's not exactly like it would be in a Christian bookstore, but in many cases, it's easier because it arrives at your door. It's in your mailbox. And probably many of you who hear this, you receive the same catalog. Well, earlier today, just, in fact, hours ago, I decided to walk across the street because our mailbox is about about half a block away from the house. So I I put on my shoes and walked about half a block to the mailbox. I took the key, opened it, grabbed out all the mail. And when I walked back into the house, I'm like, oh, the new christianbook.com catalog has arrived. So I set everything down. You can hear it. You hear that? hear it. I started looking at it. I'm like, oh, okay. So they have uh, the ESV uh, student study Bible, uh, a case of 12 for $17.99. All right. that's, that's interesting. All right. They have the beginner's Bible featuring three-dimensional illustrations on every page the perennial bestseller brings more than 90 scripture stories, including those of Noah, Jonah, and others to life with simple text that's easy to understand, full of faith and fun. This Bible continues to be a favorite choice amongst youngsters and parents. All right, underneath that, the NIV Adventure Bible, full color edition. Embark on a scripture safari with your 9 to 12-year-old and create lifelong memories, special features, new, more colorful, colorful jungle-themed design, live it, uh, live it activities, uh, help you apply scripture to real life, words to treasure, highlights, key memory verses, book introductions, uh, explain each section, dictionary and concordance. All right, so I'm like, okay. Just kind of your typical stuff, different Bibles. There's always a different, they always take the Bible and package it as many different ways as possible so that they can continue to sell and sell and sell. You've got a Bible, but no, no, no. You don't have the NIV Adventure Bible. You don't have the Beginner's Bible. You don't have the Student Study Bible. They always have new ways. Okay, we we, we all, we're all familiar with that, all right? They have the NIV Thompson Chain Reference Bible, the new edition, Trust your scripture study to the biblical reference tool, beloved and acclaimed for more than five generations. And uh, they it's all on sale. Uh, all of them are on sale and they have all kinds of additions. All right. So again, nothing, nothing too, okay. Just, just your basic stuff. Now they do have one here called Jesus Calling for Graduates. I'm like, oh no. Okay, this is the May, June. 2022 catalog. Okay, so I know what's coming here. This is They're going to do a lot of things for the graduate in your life, that person graduating from high school or college. Get them an inspirational gift. Now, I got to be honest with you. Throughout my Christian life, very early on, I can remember walking into Christian bookstores and looking around and just getting this feeling that the stores were selling a lot of Jesus junk just anything they could throw Jesus on, anything they could throw a Bible verse on. And Christians would just buy it and eat it up. And sometimes it just felt like Jesus junk. It almost seemed like, are we really, are we taking scripture in the name of God in vain and just throwing it on any object we can so that we can sell something? it, It made me uneasy. Now, when I was a young Christian, I was still trying to process it all because I'm like, okay, I became a Christian as a teenager and I'm just like, oh, okay, Christians go to Christian bookstores. So, you know, uh, this this is all wonderful. In fact, it, my my attitude was, okay, so everything in here has to be wonderful and everything has to be great. But my attitude started changing a little bit over time and I became more skeptical, more cynical, and just, well, I had problems. So so a lot of times when you go through these catalogs, you see a lot of Jesus junk. And obviously the May to June catalog is going to be a lot of Jesus junk dealing with graduation, right? We just got to throw anything we can dealing with the Bible and we can sell it to someone who's buying a graduation gift. Okay. So just, so, and we see a little bit of this right here at the top, Jesus calling for graduates by 10 or more. And they're only $9 and 49 cents each. So I guess this is a book you can buy the graduate in your life. Jesus Calling for Graduates. And you're like, what? Okay, wait, Jesus Calling. Okay. What, what do they mean by that? Let's, let's see what this is. Share the wisdom and inspiration of Jesus Calling with your graduate and this special edition. Each of the 150 devotions was selected from the original because of its relevance to those about to move into a new stage of life arranged by topics including attitude, discerning God's will, identity, worth, and more, for easy reference, 171 pages, hardcover from Nelson. Buy now for $9.99. Okay, Jesus Calling of graduate. I mean, I, I would have to read the devotional before I could offer any, you know, criticism. Again, it just seems like, oh, here's some devotionals. Okay, we'll find ones that we think we can claim have something to do with someone going into a new stage of life and that will work for graduates. Maybe, maybe it's amazing. I I, I don't know. I, I, you can draw your own conclusion. And then they've got, (laughs) these make me laugh. One minute insights for men and one minute inspirations for women. Too busy to sit and read, but filling a spiritual need. When life has you on the run, these bite-sized devotions will keep you going till you have time for extended meditations. Now, I I do appreciate uh ah okay. So, according to someone in the chat, Sarah Young who wrote Jesus calling claims Jesus gave her these devotions. So, You know, how how do you just, is she claiming it was like inspired like the Bible? So should I, should I treat this with the same authority as the Bible since Jesus gave her these devotions? Yeah, we would, yeah, that, that could be an issue, but that gets right back into the charismatic world. All right, that's fine. So we have these one minute devotions. Now, when I was a younger Christian, I would immediately criticize these one minute devotions. And you almost heard a little bit of laughter in my voice there. I'm still somewhat cynical All right. Because I just feel like we, we live in an age and it's been true for a very long time that the church is so biblically illiterate, theologically illiterate, illiterate when it comes to church history that, I mean, what is a one minute devotion going to do? However, I do realize people are busy. So I, I know for me, I could, I could buy one of these one minute devotionals. I could take the one minute devotional, read it. And if I, and if I so desire, I could take that and turn it into a 45 minute study, an hour study. I could take the scripture. I could take the idea and I could, I could turn it into something far more. But it is always wonderful to have at least things around you that when you are busy, there is something there that will give your attention back to the things of God. So on one hand, it's easy for me to just, you know, I could look down upon it and criticize it going, come on, you know, what you really need to do is sit down and read Calvin's institutes. Okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's what becomes wrong if that's your entire spiritual diet. If your entire spiritual diet is that, then you basically are living with a spiritual junk food diet. That's not going to be very good. What I may do is buy one of these. They're, they're only like a dollar. I may buy one of them and then we'll just explore it together. I'll buy the one for men and, uh, maybe we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll show you what I mean and how we could use it. So I'll, I'll see if it's available for the Kindle. If it is, I'll download it for the Kindle. And, uh, maybe we could have a little fun with that. I think, it, I think it, I think you can see, cause it's easy at first just to criticize it. But I've found a way that I can take devotionals, even something as small as like our daily bread, and I can turn that into an hour study without any problem. It just really depends on what you want to do with it. All right. So, so all of these things are basic. Now, on the far right hand corner, it's Spurgeon Sermons, five volumes. I've had that five volume set for a good portion of my Christian life. And uh, Spurgeon Sermons are there. They're put it this way. He was a great speaker, very poetic language, paints beautiful word pictures. But sometimes I have to admit, I'm like, wait. You did all of that with that part of that verse, and you just have to go, I don't know what that really, in other words, his sermons have a much spiritual food. I just don't know, in many cases, how helpful they are in staying true to the actual meaning of the verse in its proper context. That, we could spark a great debate between the Spurgeon lovers and those who may have some similar criticisms. But if you offer any criticism to anything related to Spurgeon, people will get upset and you'll be, you know, excommunicated. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we could talk about that. All right, I, I, I just wanted you to see all the things just on the front page. Giving me an idea of what's going on in the Christian world. All right? <laughs> but to be honest with you, when I got this catalog today, I threw I threw all the mail on the table and I picked it up, and as soon as I picked it up, I think the very first thing my eyes saw was the NIV Thompson change a chain reference Bible. I'm like, you know, that could be, it could be possibly a good tool for people to have. I wonder, oh, some of those are expensive. and I was thinking, I wonder if we could do maybe a giveaway and give some. Uh, Thompson chain reference Bibles away. Well, okay, well, but people have already got the tools on their on their phone. So they, do they really need it? So I was just, that's where I was kind of thinking, okay, what could, could we, you know, could this benefit someone? And then about the time my mind was thinking about that, I looked down and literally I was like, no, please tell me I am not seeing what I'm looking at. Please tell me This is a mistake. Please tell me this is a typo. This cannot be. It it cannot be. It just can't. This can't be real. This would be something that they would do in a Saturday Night Live skit. There's no way this is real. But here it is. The ChristianBook.com catalog for May to June 2022. If you've got yours, you probably saw the same thing. For some of you, it didn't bother you but it drives me, and ins- anytime I see anything related to this, I just lose my mind, all right? I'm going to describe it, but we have to start with a Bible verse. That Bible verse is found in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: I, okay, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now, I do not know why, but it has become so common that when you get close to graduation time, everyone pulls Jeremiah 29 11, completely. When they they pull it, they grab it, they rip it completely from its context. And somehow this becomes a verse that you place in a card that you read at graduation that somehow it's for graduates who are leaving high school or leaving college. I have no idea why, where, when this started. I have no idea why this started, but any Christian should be bothered by it and it should drive you crazy. And here, I, here's my fear. Whatever I'm getting ready to say. There's going to be some of you go, I don't think it's that big a deal. You're going, you're going to minimize it. You're going to say it's not that big a deal. But let me tell you, it is a big deal when one verse gets ripped out of context and now it becomes the common way of thinking, even within the body of Christ, to completely misrepresent twist and I will go so far to say as basically destroy the verse and write it out of existence because the way everyone uses it makes the verse literally completely obsolete and irrelevant because we've we've so destroyed the meaning of the verse because of how what the crimes have been committed against it all right here we go hmm I look down, and I see this like, it's like a photograph. On the left, it shows obviously someone in their graduation gowns with the hat, the robe, like holding the diploma. There's two people there, a male or a female, demonstrating that the picture of your graduate would go there. Then in the center, it has... The diploma, all right, here's their diploma. And then to the right has the tassel that you wear in your little hat when you graduate and they move over the tassel. Okay, got you, all right. So it's a nice little frame to to commemorate, celebrate, honor the graduate in your life, all right? You get their picture, you got their diploma, and you got the tassel, all right? So why is that being sold at christianbook.com? Well, you look underneath that, you read these words. Jeremiah 2911 plaque with photo frame. For I know the plans I have for you, Jeremiah 2911. This handsome 23 by 13 commemorative plaque includes space for a photo, diploma, and tassel. And you can have one for $33.99. And why you want this plaque, this photo frame, is because there's a little part underneath the picture that has Jeremiah 29.11 quoted. (sighs) All right. I'm going to try to say this calmly. For those of you because there's going to be people who hear this, who, may, who your first thought would be, well, what's the problem with that? That's a beautiful verse to put there in this commemorative pl- plaque to honor the graduate and my life. I want them to know. I want them to know that God says to them, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. I want them to know that. Now, your motives may be good, Your motives may be pure. You may be a very godly influence in their life. And it's wonderful that you want to give this to them. All right? Okay. Yeah. Someone has already know the problem with this. But maybe, I just want to just say, some of you, I understand that you don't see a problem with this. You don't see a problem with this. I, I had to go to a high school graduation a couple of years ago from someone in my church. And at their graduation, someone stood up and read Jeremiah 29, 11, And I, I literally wanted to just get up and walk out. I know you think that's an overreaction, but I am so tired of what people do to this verse. If you, if you just take any time, look, you don't have to go to Bible college to do what I'm about to do. You do not have to go to seminary. You don't have to have a degree in in hermeneutics. You don't have never taken a a course in hermeneutics. You don't need to know anything other than basic reading comprehension. If you go to Jeremiah chapter 29, all right, we're going to get the context established immediately in verse 1. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders which were carried away captives and to the priest and to the prophets and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. These are the words written to the people who were in Babylonian captivity. This is to give the people in Babylonian captivity some sense of hope. God has not forgotten you. Yes, you're going to be in Babylonian captivity, but once the time of that punishment and judgment is fulfilled, you will be released. Those still alive at the end of it will be released. So God knows the plans, the thoughts, um, he, uh, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you sayeth the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, of evil to give you an expected end. These are words to those who were in Babylonian captivity. They do not apply to the person in your life who's graduating from high school, graduating from college. It has zero to do with that. Now, what a lot of people go, but, 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 are you telling me that this is not applicable in some way? I'm telling you this. These words are spoken to people who were in Babylonian captivity. And just think about this. It's always crazy to me when people quote this to a graduate. So God knows the thoughts he, uh, he has towards you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. So the graduate hears that. And then after they leave their graduation party, either they're drunk, die in a, uh, a drink, a drunk driving accident, or something horrible haps, happens to them within the next two to three weeks of their graduation. They're murdered. They're killed. They're kidnapped they're sexually assaulted, whatever. Well, wait a minute. So God's thoughts towards me were all these wonderful thoughts and this bad thing happens to me. That leads to major problems and issues. First, just first and foremost, because you ripped the verse completely out of context. But what are you telling them? You're taking words that were spoken to a specific people at a specific time in a specific historical context, you act like that you own those words and that you can just take them and give them to whomever you want. This this nonsense has to stop. So I, I immediately, when I saw this, I'm like, okay, I've got to at least talk about it because again, it's that time of year where many, again, well-meaning Christians, churches do this. There's a church not far from my house that right now on their sign they have Jeremiah 29:11 quoted, and I and I want to walk in and go, do you, oh you have some people from the Babylonian captivity here in your church, and they probably look at me like, what are you talking about? You've got Jeremiah 29:11 on your sign, why is it there? In many cases, you'll see churches that'll say to all the graduates of 2022, and then they'll have Jeremiah 29:11, and I just want to say what. The, the church, look, this is what cra- is crazy. This is christianbook.com. This is the Christian publishing world, right? And churches, when the church, when the Christian publishing world, when Christian radio, when Christian podcasters, when pastors can't get a verse right as simple as Jeremiah 29, 11, that tells me that, well, I'm gonna just... It tells me all hope is lost. That there's no point in even trying to figure out what the Bible says because nobody cares what it actually says. They just want to use it for whatever means they want to use it for. But, So I I threw the magazine down. I almost just went and threw it in the trash. But I'm like, you know what? I'll just look to see if there's anything else in it. So I turned the page. Oh, man. I turned the page. Okay, here's, uh, I guess, page two. They have the table of contents and then graduation gifts. The whole page three is all graduation gifts and it's insane, okay? All right, here we go. Uh, they have here, Um, I, I know the plan's devotional journal. For i know the plans i have for you declare the lord jeremiah twenty nine eleven it's a journal um it says here um i know the plans uh and it says to prosper you to give you hope okay, i don't know what translation they're using but it's on the cover um and it's a journal and again it's using jeremiah twenty nine eleven and this journal is to give to him. To your graduates, so when they're doing their devotional studies, they will see on the cover, hey, God's plans, he has for me. He, his plans are good. I know his plans are, and again, completely ripping the verse out of context. Underneath that, they have another one. I know the plans journal. Keep track of God's unfolding plan for you. And this exquisite brown imitation leather journal featuring, uh, uh, uh what is it? Uh, Gilt-edged lined pages, um, ribbon marker, and debossed design with, uh, with Jeremiah 29.11 and for fourteen ninety nine. Oh, <laughs> see, this is where it starts turning into Jesus junk. Jeremiah 29.11, pen and pencil gift sets. Oh now you can give someone a pencil and a pen. These really nice pencil and pens, but they got Jeremiah 29:11 just placed on the pencil and pen. I mean, let's just let's just take God's word and so trivialize it, so so treat it with disrespect that it becomes a product that we are selling. It it, it just, the whole thing drives me crazy. Again, when I was a young Christian, I would like, oh yeah, I need a pen. I need a pencil that has a Bible verse on it. Yeah, because I'm a Christian now. But now I look at it like, I don't know if God's word was designed to be put on a pencil or a pen so that someone can sell it for $5.99. I just, I just, I just... I just, I'm, I've got a problem with that. But here we go. Jeremiah 2911 pen and pencil gift sets. For I know the plans, Jeremiah 2911, an inspirational gift for graduates. Metal ballpoint pen with touchscreen stylus and precise mechanical pencil are both engraved and featured. Sturdy pocket clips. Gift boxed. There, there you go. So you can get a Jeremiah 2911 pen and pencil. Oh, well, we've got more here we 've got a, a a class of twenty twenty two graduation throw uh, here it is <laughs> oh man class of twenty uh, twenty two graduation throw class of twenty twenty two for I know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hopes and a future jeremiah twenty nine eleven covered by god 's reassuring promises your graduate will fill warm and cozy wrapped in this 80% polyester 20% cotton throw so so now we're going to put the verse on a something that they can wrap themselves in like i guess a little throw blanket like and you're like wait, what like that, that we were just, like and first of all how is it a reassuring promise to you you're not in babylonian captivity right oh but the, wait there's more I know the plans, uh, Mobius necklace with charms, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Um, engraved with scripture, holds detailed charms, comes with uh, a, a chain, and it's, well, here's, you know, this is a necklace, but it's got, hey, Jeremiah 29, 11 on it. Um, Oh, you can buy a class of 2022 t-shirt. Class of 2022, trust in God, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. They're, they're, I mean, all, just throw Jeremiah 29:11 on anything. And then finally, they then jump to favorite authors. And then you can start going through the rest here. Um, what is... What is absolutely amazing to me is they still sell DVDs. I mean, who buys DVDs in 2022? Like there's DVD curriculum. Who in the world is buying DVDs in 2022? That seems like the most outdated. I, I just, I, I just don't know. But yeah, there's plenty of Jesus junk, or we'll call it Jeremiah 29, 11 junk for you to purchase and you can give a gift to the graduate and your life so they can have the reassuring promise that doesn't apply to them available. Now, you know what I see when I see all of that? Yeah, I get frustrated. Yeah, I get upset. Yeah, I get irritated. But you know who I get irritated at the most when I see that junk? Is every pastor who's ever stood behind a pulpit who hasn't trained their people. And number one, how to identify a promise and then identify what kind of promise is it. Remember, there are promises in the Bible. Some of those promises are conditional promises. Some of those promises are non-conditional promises. And some of those promises are not applicable. They do not apply to you. When God promised Abram and Sarai a baby, not any woman who wants a baby can claim that promise. They're not Sarai. Their husband's not Abram. It's not a promise to them. But pastors don't train their people on a very simple task on there's promises. Some are conditional. Some are unconditional. or They're, they're non-conditional. You don't have to do anything. And then others are not applicable. But they, they haven 't even trained their people on something that simple that basic second they haven 't bothered to train their people and how to simply do basic reading comprehension. Now, I know you say, but they learned reading comprehension in school. They did. But for some weird reason, when they walk into a sanctuary and they pick up a Bible, all basic reading comprehension skills go out the window and everyone treats the Bible like it's some weird, mystical, supernatural thing that we've got to, I don't know what we do with it, but we don't just read it using basic reading comprehension skills and the basic skills that we learned when we learned how to read. Pastors have failed to give people those basic skills. Now, if you go to church and the pastor doesn't even give you those like basic, I'll call them basic survival skills, then what is even the point of going to the church? I don't care how many friends you have. I don't care how many wonderful programs you have. I don't care how wonderful the building is. I don't care how wonderful the music is. I don't care how wonderful the climate control features are. I don't care how wonderful the big screens are. I don't care how wonderful the pastor is that he kisses all the babies and he remembers everyone's name and he's wonderful and he's great and he's the greatest guy in the world. It doesn't matter if you go to church and you don't know those basic skills. How to identify a promise realizing is it conditional, unconditional, or not applicable, or not applicable, and not even being able to figure out that how to read a text and figure out basic things like reading comprehension. Wait, who is that written to? What was the purpose? How is that applicable to me? Like basic, just basic reading comprehension. The church has failed because the church has, look, anyone who goes to church and picks up the christianbook.com catalog should immediately go, why would they put Jeremiah 2911 on a graduation plaque and photo frame? Why would they put Jeremiah 2911 on a journal unless the journals are going to be sent back in time to the people in Babylon? Babylon. Okay. Why, why, why do they have a necklace with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven? Are they going to send it back in time to the Jews in Babylonian captivity? Why is there a class of 20, 2022 sh- t shirt? What, well, like, clearly that promise has nothing to do with that class. Why, why are they placing scripture on a pen and pencil? Like, anyone should be able to go, hmm, this is a problem. And so therefore, they shouldn't sell any of that junk. Right. Or in other words, I'll state it. this way. They shouldn't sell it in this. No one should be buying it. So therefore they're not selling any of it. So they will discontinue the junk and find something else to sell that Christians would actually buy. But Christians buy this stuff. Now I do know that it's always possible that some person out there comes across the christianbook.com catalog and they know someone who claims to be a Christian. Oh, this would happen to me all the time. Uh and in the military. I don't know why we did this. Look, the whole gift giving thing sometimes to me is a little just, I don't get, I don't get the whole gift giving concept because the concept to me seems so broken. So you're going to go buy me a gift and then in return, I have to buy you a gift. So you're trying to figure out what I want. I'm trying to figure out what you want. Why just forego the whole gift giving concept. You just buy what you want and I'll just buy what I want. And then everybody gets what they want. Like, like it just seems so weird. Like, oh, you bought me something. Okay. Now I got to go figure out what you want. So I got to figure out what you want so that you get what you want. You're trying to figure out what I want so that I get what I want. And we could just forego the entire ridiculous concept and just you buy what you want and what, I, it, just, it just makes no sense to me. It, the whole gift-giving thing. Now, it's, it makes sense if you're just giving a gift and you don't want, you're not expecting one thing in return and the other person doesn't feel any pressure that they have to return the favor. But in most give, give, gift-giving situations, the situation like, again, I'll go back to what I was going to say when I was in the military. Every year, I had to do the whole secret Santa thing. Oh my goodness, all right? So you pick random names. Out of a hat, and you're like, okay, I got, who is this? Okay, I don't know anything about them. Okay, so there's a high probability that I'm going to try to search and search and search and search and search to figure out what they want, and there's a good chance that I'm going to end up getting them something they don't really want or they will not really use. Well, almost every single year, without fail, whenever I would get a gift, I'd be like, what is, what is this, right? (laughs) I mean, it would be like, what, what is this? I, sometimes I'm like, what, what did they get, get me? Now, a lot of times they're like, oh, he, he's, he's a pastor or he, he's going, you know, wh- whatever year it was, he's going to Bible college, whatever the case may be. And they would buy me something, some random religious thing. And I'd be like, what? It would be like some absolute heretical book. Now I, I, I feel bad that they were trying, but they would just walk into maybe some Christian bookstore and like, you know. Oh, get him that! I I think one time I got a Joel Osteen book. I don't even know. One time I got, I don't even remember. It was always just some whacked out, like, what is this? Like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even use it if I was, if I had a bird and I needed to put paper at the bottom of the birdcage, I would afraid it would corrupt the bird. I wouldn't, it was so like, what is this? And, but they, they would, they would do their best. But So I do realize that there's sometimes people will buy this stuff who have no real understanding of Christianity. I understand that. But let's be honest. Most people shopping at ChristianBook.com at least has some some association with evangelical Christianity and probably a, a high probability they go to some church. And the fact that they can go to church and think some of this stuff is worth anything and buy it, the church has failed. That's where, that's what I want. I, all, I say all of that, say the church has completely and utterly failed. We, we've, we did some podcast episodes going, what do you really get from church? Like, like if you look at your spiritual life, what has contributed most to your growth? Most of the people who responded, almost no one said church. No one said church. They would say what contributed to their spiritual, they pointed to all kinds of other things. So what, what, what are we actually accomplishing at church? Well, if in churches people can go and think that Jeremiah 29, 11 can be used in this way, then what, what did they learn in church? They, weren't, they were not even given the most basic skills. Christianbook.com. You, you can you can probably find it you can probably have them send you one May June uh, their their catalog it has uh, I don't know how many total pages on this thing um, what is it sixty four pages total sixty four pages total and um, yeah I, I just I just don't know what to say. And a lot of this is just Jesus junk. A lot of this is just Jesus junk. And again, why do they sell so many DVDs? I don't, I'm just baffled by that. Who in the world has a DVD player in 2022? I don't, I want to know, I want to meet the people who have a DVD player. Like, I mean, like, and then uh, CDs, they have the KJV audio Bible on CD. Who has a CD player? I mean, I have a CD player, but that's only because I've, I have all kinds of stereo equipment and I have a million CDs from the past. Maybe some other people do, but yeah, I'm just just—I'm just looking through this. And there, there are some things in here that look really beneficial and really helpful, but there's just a lot of, of junk. They do have a lot of different Bibles, man. It's amazing how many Bibles there are. It is just absolutely amazing how many Bibles there are. It, it really is. It just, it's absolutely insane to me how many different Bibles there are. It, it, it's an amazing time to be alive when we have this many different Bibles trying to help us from everything, placing the Bible in chronological order, word study, cross-reference. It's just, I mean, we have so many tools available. to, And then you've got dictionaries in here and maps. And you've got, we've got so many, it's so many awesome tools here. That's what I love. There's so many awesome tools in here. And then there's all the junk. That's all the junk. But there you have it. I know we spent forty-one minutes on it, but I just, I just, I just know it's that time of year that Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven is going to get thrown out everywhere, and uh, someone's got to speak up and say, "Guys, enough, enough. That's not what that verse is even remotely about." And if you if you see someone doing so, maybe it's a friend on social media. Don't put them on full blast in front of everyone, but send them a message in private and just go, "Hey, could we could we talk about Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven for a second?" Do you have a minute? Can we talk on the phone? Can we can we do a messaging? Because I want you to pull out your Bible and I, w- I want you to just try to be as friendly as you can to say, hey, you're, this, this demonstrates a lack of Bible study skill. This just shows a lack of Bible study or Bible reading comprehension. I mean, you might want to say it in such a blunt way, but you want them to see that, man, you want them to stop and go, whoa, now I'm embarrassed and, and, and then say, okay, Let's let's help. I'm here to help you. I want you to know how to read. I want you to know how to study. I want you to stop taking things out of context. And all I can say in the name of bubblegum, if you go to a church that's using the verse out of context, in other words, the pastor, Sunday school teachers, leaders in any capacity are ripping it out of context. I I don't like to say this, but all I can say is you got to just get out. If they can't get Jeremiah 29, look, there's a lot of verses we can have disagreements about. There's no way to have a disagreement about Jeremiah 29, 11. The chapter begins telling you who it was specifically written to. So it's just insane. And if you take, depending on the translation, some of those promises in Jeremiah 29, 11 plans to prosper, you and all that. obviously you can't apply that to everyone. Because a lot of people who read that and claim that promise, they end up with cancer and dying and suffering and all kinds of horrible things. No, this is about coming out of Babylonian captivity. But I mean, I'm telling you, if you're in a church that's ha- ha- mishandling it, you got to go. You just you got to go. You just have to. You say, well, maybe I could help the pastor. If the pastor can't even get Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right? Well, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> what I mean, how are you going to fix that if he can't get Jeremiah twenty nine eleven right? How can he get anything right? How can he get one verse in the Bible right? That's what I'm, I'm telling. You, it's the it's one of the simplest verses to get right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a clear sign you got to go. I hate to say that, but uh, yeah, you got to. go so "Well, what do I do?" I don't know, but you can't go to a church. They can't get Jeremiah twenty nine eleven right. You just can't. You cannot. You just can't. I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I guess technically you can. I don't know why you would. You know. I, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. You know, it'd be like, if, if I go to a, it, to me, it would, be like, it would be, it would be, I would liken it to this. I go to a doctor, uh, I'm having, you know, some, some, some aches and pains in my hand, maybe a sign of maybe arthritis or it could be something like that. Something going on in my hands and my wrists. something, it's just, it's hurting a little bit. And, and the doctor comes in and he, he comes in with a, a, you know, some surgical tools and say, we're going to cut off your foot. And you're like, wait, what? No, no, my hand. No, we're going to cut off your foot. I think this will work. I think you're probably going to leave and never come back to that doctor. You're like, he's out of his mind. He clearly, he doesn't even know how to ha- t- treat or figure out what's wrong with my hand. Well, if a pastor stands behind the pulpit and can't get Jeremiah 29, 11, right? Spiritually speaking, yeah, he, he he's about as messed up as a doctor who wants to cut off your foot because your hand hurts. I know you're going to say, people are going to say that's mean, that's not nice. That look, that's a pastor. You say, "Well, what about a Sunday school teacher?" Like, if they're if they've been put in charge of teaching people, they should be able to get Jeremiah 29:11 right. I mean, wh- what's the criteria to be a Sunday school teacher? Hey, you, come here. You with the donuts, put it down. Come here. You're teaching Sunday school. I mean, they there should be some requirement. Shouldn't there? I mean, personally, I think the requirement should be Here's my, here's my, I'll just throw this in because some of you already knew what I was going to say today. I'll just throw this in extra. I personally think a requirement should be for anyone who teaches in a church. At a minimum, they should have done all 12 methods of Bible study. Now, when I say they've actually done them in writing, devotional method, chapter summary method, biographical method, topical method, thematic method, you know, uh, word study, uh, biographical, all, all the all the different one book background method. They've done all, and they've 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 written them out all twelve, and they have to do that before they can teach. And the reason why is once they once they demonstrate they can do all Bible study methods, then that demonstrates to me they can actually take the Bible and put together an actual lesson instead of having to rely on some constantly they all they can do is read the curriculum i think and i think this should be true i don't care what age they're teaching i think everyone should have to do that they should have to do the bible study methods i, I really do believe that i know no church will ever institute that they just you know anybody can teach and i just think it's that's just that's crazy and that's why some sunday school classroom classes are just an absolute waste of your time i hate to say that like, what what is this I've sat in too many of them. I'm like, what is going? Oh, after an hour, I'm like, what did we just do? What was that? That's my own personal feelings. You can you can disagree with me. But I just think there has to be some kind of requirement. Or you have someone going, hey, Jeremiah, they quote Jeremiah 2011 completely out of context. And everybody's like, hey, amen, that's a great, thanks for, that, that verse was very encouraging, Sunday school teacher. No, it wasn't because you're not in Babylonian captivity. All right, I'll stop right there. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. I apologize for almost losing my voice in the middle of this, but sometimes after after Mondays can sometimes be hard after being church all day Sunday, preaching and teaching, and in Wednesdays sometimes um, can be the same way because I put a lot of stress on my voice. So there you have it. All right newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.